and here I am and it's almost awkward because I almost don't even know where to start <laughs> I know I haven't had any episodes up for the last I guess I think we're going a couple months now but this is a good segue for the next episode um, well, it's going to be more than an episode. This is going to be a series and it will come up um, as time goes and it'll be part of the series. Now, I'll get back to that in a second. So I know I've mentioned before in my previous um, episodes, you know, uh, that I am a mom and things have gotten super busy. And unfortunately, a lot of my passions have kind of been set aside. And that even means like over the summer that we just had, I didn't even really do much working out either. So there was a bigger reason as opposed to um, just being busy with the kids and the family, I did undergo a little bit of a um, injury due to my shoulders. They're, you know, still in rehab. I still can't do a lot of things, but that's okay. I took some necessary time off from the gym anyways, and I just really enjoyed the summer. Um, you know, when you have kids and I've spent all my kids lives just being available for them and being there that it definitely puts everything else on the wayside so I've trained with lots of girls who have not had children or anybody of my friends that don't have children really just it's so easy for them just to get up and go you don't have to worry about anybody but yourself and maybe your fur babies if you have any which most people do if they don't have children, they got fur babies somewhere. But when you have kids, there is just something about this um, tie that you have that you just cannot get away from. You can't. Um, my motto goes is family first, then me. But really, it is important to make sure that we do take care of ourselves so then we can take care of our family. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, the family thing was, was the reason why I didn't do the gym thing is I made a conscious effort decision just to take a break because I kind of, I can even get caught up in feeling guilty if I don't work out or get hard on myself because I didn't make it to the gym or I didn't do this workout or whatever, whatever. And I honestly, I needed to take a break from my brain to going that way because honestly, it it's not a positive feeling and I know that I am my biggest critic and I know everybody that's listening can kind of relate to what I'm saying because we are like we pick ourselves apart about what we're not getting done uh, what we could be doing you know even when it comes to the way we look and our body and this and that so my biggest work I did over the summer was really exercise my self-love so I 
constantly anytime I had some sort of ill feeling about my body and the way I looked and how I wasn't going to the gym and things that just really were not serving me these things do not serve us I made a conscious hard effort and it took lots and lots of practice to actually turn that verbiage around and give us give I gave myself credit I gave myself credit yes I'm beautiful yes I'm capable and yes I could easily pick myself apart but again you know that just kind of feeds those insecure feelings which makes it so that I can't be my best self and if I'm gonna make my family first and my kids first then I need to be my best self and I really have to start with the way I talk to myself um, now that summer's over um, I have acquired a, a new routine and really making an effort to get my ass in the gym. I have my garage set up, so it's almost harder when you have a gym at home because no one's expecting you to show up and you don't have to be at a class at a certain time and no one's no one's waiting for you. So it's really on, you really gotta be diligent and making sure that you just get it in at some point. I do schedule it in um, amongst everything else I got going on, but I do try to just make it the first thing that I do. So then I just don't have to think about it anymore. Um, you know, we're, as women, we're amazing creatures. And with this next um, series I got going on here, my first guest is Audrey and she is a CrossFit phenom. She's I always say like obsessed, but I don't mean that in like a negative way. I mean that in a like more passionate way. Like she's very passionate about CrossFit and her mom owned a gym. She has been doing CrossFit for a number of years. And you know, she also sits with these things that I mentioned too, like what can be really hard on ourselves. But the biggest thing about this series is this is about um, women athletes in I'm gonna, it's so far it's CrossFit, but it can be in any sport when you're sitting so passionate with it, but they've all had babies. So they were athletes and no children and then bearing a child and then having one. Like that, that just changes everything. Like I have had numerous conversations with women so worried about their body changing about not being able to get back to where they were before about all that hard work that they put in and now they feel like it's going it's wasted now and these things just are not true they are not true i have seen over and over again women who have not had children who have decided to have kids um bounce back it takes time like anything like it takes you almost 10 months to have the baby if you know you know you have them on time in audrey's case her baby was premature but you have you're pregnant for that amount of time and then you got your post body so these two things um it happens so fast like your body changes so fast in such a short amount of time it's almost really hard to wrap your head around when you see these changes and you remember like it was yesterday that you were just lifting over 200 pounds over your head or 
you know, whatever your last PR was or the most amazing uh, workout that you did. Um, you know, I know in Audrey's case here, she had every intention to get into the gym and get back to it and be this amazing pregnant woman who just didn't stop and, you know, really put herself in that position of expectations. And when it happened, when she got pregnant, it was not what she expected. Um, so I'm not saying this is across the board for everybody, but this is just her experience. Um, and everybody has different experiences. And I just like, I get so crazy about these experiences because I'm super passionate about um, the philosophy and the philosophy more or less about human behavior and like what we think how we think what we could do to change those thoughts so we can feel better about the situation or help build a more better quality of life for ourselves and this really has everything to do with our mindset so i'm super excited to introduce audrey she is such a sweetheart and she is super passionate about you know putting it on the table and just trying to get real with things without say complaining because we can get caught up in our complaints but I don't mind I don't mind being raw and um, authentic about things why not I mean we're all going through it if you're not going through it somebody else is and I know I know that people can resonate with this episode um, in this part series. I'm not sure how many parts to this series it's going to be, but this series is all about from not being a mom to being a mom and the changes that we go through with that. So thank you for joining me. I'm so excited to get this episode out. Uh, I love you guys all and thank you so much for your patience. Well, you're here now, and that's all that matters. Yay! Yay! So awesome. Well, thanks for joining me. I know uh, Absolutely. last minute things seems to work well when you're a parent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was perfect just because she's home now. You know, she's with my husband, so. That's awesome. Oh. Yeah, all is good. How is she doing? Because she was... She's she, doing really good. She was really small. How small was she? She was born at 1.48 kilos, which is about like three and a quarter pounds, like three. Oh, my god! Yeah, which is really, really small. So, essentially, um, the reason why we had to deliver is just because of my preeclampsia. And so, she was a perfectly healthy baby, uh, she was just born too early due to my condition. And can you explain your condition a little bit? Yeah, so preeclampsia essentially is kind of like a reaction your body has to the, to your placenta. So, you know, every woman don't go about their lives with a placenta in them unless they're pregnant, right? So it's like a new kind of an organ for your body, so your body can reject it or it can accept it. And so preeclampsia is kind of your body's rejection um, of the placenta. So essentially, it's it's kind of seen through high blood pressure, which is one of the first um, symptoms. And when doctors see um, a woman in her third trimester with high blood pressure, they kind of usually doubt preeclampsia. 
Um, mm. And then it just kind of ranges from various symptoms, you know, like we're talking headaches, blurred visions. Um, and then when you get into more of a severe preeclampsia, um, your liver starts to give out your, just like your whole system kind of shuts down. It's your body's way of saying, like, we don't like this. We don't want this placenta. And so the only way to really treat it is to deliver. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and they guaranteed you. Can they guarantee the safety of your child? Um, so when when you're, you know, I was hospitalized for preeclampsia, so obviously I was monitored very closely, but then baby was monitored very closely as well. So every day we went through, um, like, the heart rate sonogram. Um, I had a few ultrasounds while I was there as well. Um, so they just always make sure that I'm healthy and baby's healthy. Um, and they evaluate essentially the risk of who is safest essentially so if mommy is safest they'll keep the pregnancy going and as far as they can um so obviously while they keep the pregnancy going um mommy is medicated for you know blood pressure for trying to regulate blood pressure try to not have any organs fail um and then if baby is 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 unsafe at that point just because um placenta is not working well or you know like the high blood pressure and stuff is kind of affecting um, the baby, then they decide to deliver. Mm. Gosh, yeah. the whole thing just sounds so scary. It's kind of something I feel like we don't really know about, but that we're starting to kind of hear more of. So I feel like ever since I went through a preeclampsia, I feel like the more I talk to women, the more they're like, oh, my sister-in-law, you know, had that, or, you know, so-and-so, or I went through that as well. So I think it's something that's going to become a little bit more... Um, common just because, you know, medicine now is so good and our our follow-ups before delivery is are so often and are just, you know, more thorough, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like we're, we're going to start hearing about it a little bit more because it's kind of a condition that isn't that uncommon. But don't you think that it's also like one of those things, so you get uh, a Ford Escape and now you see Ford Escapes everywhere? You know, it like, might also, yeah, <laughs> right. So I mean, you're, you're probably seeing it as a more common thing because you're talking about it a lot, and you know, you don't just you don't just talk about this stuff with anybody you know random on the street. It's more or less talking about it with people that have shared the same experience, you know, or that's very true. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, give us, given us like a, you know, a few hundred years ago. You wouldn't have probably survived that, and neither would the baby. Like, it's just insane. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, now medicine is so, you know, well, the system's so well done that they find it so early on, and you could be taken on really early in preeclampsia. But I think, you know, back then, mommy and baby would pass, like organs failing and stuff. I mean, so many, there's so many different complications that can happen. Now, here's the question. Do you think that that had anything to do with the fact, because, like, I know you talked about how, like, when you planned your pregnancy, you were going to keep going to the gym, and you kept, uh-huh. you planned how exactly it was going to be, and it was totally not what you expected. You had no energy. You didn't feel good. Do you feel like that probably had something to do with it? So I feel like at first when I was diagnosed with, um, you know, high blood pressure, and my doctor was kind of like, you're kind of pre preeclamptic maybe, you know, you'll it'll develop into preeclampsia. Um, I feel like I really 
kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I really blamed myself, essentially, where I was like, if I was a little bit more active, if I pushed a little bit more, you know, high blood pressure, this, high, you know, maybe I would have been okay. Um, but really, I was reassured by all doctors that the body just reacts how it reacts. So whether you, I would have been active as much as I would have wanted to be, um, and maybe push through some fatigue and, you know, kind of like exhausted myself, I would have gotten preeclampsia. Mm. Or if I would have stayed, you know, on my couch for all 31 weeks of me being pregnant, I would have gotten preeclampsia as well. So I think it's like a myth that people think, you know, high blood pressure, oh, you're doing too much, you're too stressed, you need to stop. Um, doctors actually say that, um, a good way to, you know, get your blood pressure to lower a little bit is to actually go for a walk and try and be a little bit active. Um, and obviously now we're talking about early, early stages of preeclampsia. Like we're not talking when you're high, you know, when your blood pressure is like way, way up there. Mm. At that case, then it's just bed rest. But you, you weren't feeling good anyways. Like you weren't, you didn't have the energy that you thought you did. From what I understand. Exactly. Yeah. So essentially, you know, I had this ideal pregnancy in my mind. Um, I was so active before getting pregnant. Dude, um, you were a beast. I, yeah. Well, so my husband and I are like so into CrossFit and it was our jam and it was our thing. Um, and, you know, nutrition was on point. Just, you know, I'm not that old. I'm 28 years old. So, I mean, young, like great time to have a baby and doc my doctor was like this is awesome you know like you're so healthy to get into this pregnancy so obviously we take our health for granted right in the sense that sure it's hard work to be working out a lot and eating well um but it, it kind of came easy because I loved it and I was like I'm so healthy you know what I mean yeah um, so I really expected this pregnancy to be like easy breezy no problem um I thought I was going to be you know like the fit mom in the gym out and about strutting her, you know, her little bump, <laughs> amazing legs, amazing arms still, like no puffiness, nothing, um, and really, you, that's when you realize, like the second you get a positive pregnancy test, you realize that you're no longer in control, um, your body just does what it has to do, hormones are extremely, extremely um, strong at changing how your body feels and just how your body morphs and changes mm -hmm. um they're they're really powerful so I feel like when I got when I first got pregnant I you know I continued um my programming and just you know obviously diminished the intensity and changed the workload and stuff and it went really well um until I did a sort of chorionic bleed that they call so it's just essentially the embryo that changed placement in my in um, the uterus. So it just causes a bleed. So from there, they kind of said, okay, you know what, just take it easy. And so I kind of stopped working out at that point. Um, and then it, from there, it got really hard for me to start over again. Mm. Um, it, you, can't yeah, change, it, you can't change too many habits. I mean, that's one thing more or less like pulling back, but like starting, restarting new habits while you're pregnant is a really difficult thing to do. Even like while you're breastfeeding mm -hmm. as far as like, you know, a lot of women kind of focus on losing weight while they're breastfeeding. And that's also not the best combination either. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, you know, like. I think it's a, yeah, it's a really tough to be at just because I feel like we all feel a social pressure of okay so I was so fit before um 
you know, people see me as this kind of girl, and now if I'm pregnant and I'm not really following through, mm-hmm. you know, people will kind of wonder what's going on, and so you can't help but think those things, and I think once you deliver as well and you start your postpartum journey, I think people also feel that, you know, that social pressure as well, bounce back, get mm-hmm. my body back, um, you know, we, that's we what hear you see. that all the time. You can compare yourself to what, what is out there and the, the people that are you know, documenting these amazing stories. And it was just, mm-hmm. it was almost like fate was just more on their side as to more what would we would like to see in our pregnancies and post, post-pregnancies. But, you know, it's when we're suffering and struggling in the background, those things aren't being as documented. Where I think those are just as important. Instead of living in this fantasy. Too. Yeah. Why it's should... important to be vulnerable. Yeah. This is life. This is real life. Absolutely. Yeah, I think We're, people try to show, you know, the the amazing and pink and fluffy and unicorn and rainbow mm-hmm. and everything's great. Um, but to be vulnerable and just, you know, maybe even on your social media, show a little bit of vulnerability and openness. Um, mm-hmm. We'll get like your following to just relate to you a little bit more, if that makes sense at all. Um, of um, course. Yeah, it and I think like human. that's what... I think that's what's most important. We're losing that from, in, like, you know, I'm just thinking Instagram right now, but I think we lose a lot of that realness and vulnerability and just trying to post green candy land all the time. Ew, um, who likes green candy land? Let's do or cotton pink candy. Candy land, purple <laughs> candy land. Um, like, just, you know, happy, fluffy all the time, like perfect marriage, perfect this. Um, and the truth is, it, you know, it's, it's not how life is. Mm. And it makes us feel very lonely when all we see and all we scroll through is like happy lovey-dovey Instagram. Oh, totally. Totally. But I think, you know, it's all in that marketing ploy and it started, you know, I as as far back as I can remember when it was like in the 90s and it was the Kate Moss era and we saw what was most attractive, but we used that in comparison to how we wanted to look and that was not an ideal thing like we were not models we don't that wasn't the only way to be beautiful you know like it's I think it's those tough times and those vulnerable times are just as beautiful as the good ones I think they really make you who you are in the end and so like you said they are what's most beautiful not so much Mm. I mean success stories and stuff are amazing they're fun to share and people tend to really, you know, gravitate towards them. But I think that, you know, it's, it's more about how you got there. And if you had to fall a few times, then it's just how you got up kind of thing. You know, I think the struggle is way more beautiful than the outcome. I know. Well, that's where the, the biggest growth really comes in. And you know what? It's mm-hmm. really hard to have that perspective sometimes during those times. But if every time something, you know, doesn't go right in our life, if we can practice that light at the end of the tunnel um, perspective, I think that it does come easier. And when these times do come, it's like, hey, no worries, I got this. It's hard right now. But sooner or later, I'm going to be able to look behind me and it's going to be the past. Right? Exactly. And I think, you know, with Victoria Rose being born so early. I love her um, name. Thank you. So with her being born so early, I think, you know, 
before I, you know, before they said, okay, this is the day, like, I knew I wasn't going to go full term, so I knew she was going to be premature going in, mm-hmm. um, and so my husband and I really talked, and we were like, how do we want to go about this? You know, prematurity is kind of scary. Um, one out of ten babies are pre- born premature, and so it makes a lot of premature babies, but then also you still feel really lonely in prematurity because you don't feel like everybody can relate. Um, so we kind of were like, how are we going to attack this? Let's attack this as a team. Um, and we really decided to focus on the positives and kind of every time we went to that negative space where we were, you know, oh, I wish I had my baby or why do we have to go through this? Um, hospitals suck. You know, every time your mind wants to go to a negative space, we would always turn it into a positive. So, you know, when we would say hospitals suck or, you know, we felt like it did, um, we would just turn it into like, well, she's at the best hospital in Montreal, so let's just be, you know, thankful for that. Um, and so that, I think, really helped and made these like five weeks of her being in the NICU really, really easy, like easier than they would have been if we would have gone to that negative space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that, that lesson there that you're talking about and you're referring is a lot of that uh, I learned in the gym because it oh, was totally. it was that like this sucks I hate this what am I doing here I suck I'm so I can't do this and then you think oh wait a minute this is a short period of my life I feel so good when I do it you know it's just a blip it's almost over you're doing good and then it's over I think yeah yeah I think um I'm just gonna speak for CrossFit because that's kind of what I do, Mm -hmm. Um, but I know that it's taught me a lot about, you know, resilience and just following through with things, and even though it's hard and it sucks, I just really like the CrossFit mentality of, you know, there's no growth in in a comfort zone, Um, and I feel like a lot of people gravitate towards that in CrossFit, and it's kind of like the mentality that we have, Um, and so we're always willing to push through challenges and a tough part of the workout where you're like I'm really going to die and then for like somehow you end up finishing the workout within the time (laughs) cap or you know just like this power that like kind of gets over you and you're like hey one rep at a time well the NICU would have been one day at a time um so I just think like sure from my background from just having to be around CrossFit and just having that mentality um I think it also did help us just being you know, strong in the head um, to just kind of go through this challenge. Well, exactly. Because all those lessons, you know, you learn it in one aspect of your life and it leaks into many others. So you're not dead yet. Like, you're not dying. You know, you're here. No, exactly. Right. And now and now you can look behind you and you're like, wow, Look at this amazing, most beautiful gift you could ever ask for, and everybody's healthy, and you're good, and now you have an amazing story that you can share. Yeah, and ultimately, that's what matters, you know, and as much as I, you know, we all have expectations for what your pregnancy is going to be like, or what a competition is going to be like, or what a specific event is going to look like, and even though we try to go through life and not have expectations, it's really hard not to, you know, we, we expect of ourselves we have high esteem for ourselves mm-hmm. most of us are really hard um on ourselves especially in crossfit i think we all want to over over you know, hit, yeah <laughs> like always go for another pr one pound more or you know 
one second factor on Fran, or it just we just always like to overdo things and just keep um, challenging ourselves. And so I think that um, this is essentially it wasn't the way I planned it and it wasn't the way I envisioned it. But at the same time, the way I see it is this is Victoria Rose's journey, and mm. so this is going to be her story to tell, and this is how she came into this world and if, if that's how she did then I feel like it's just because she had to go through that you know maybe this has forged her character a little bit or um or to build your I, character so then you can be a ours, better person yeah. for her as You're, she gets older absolutely right. I didn't even think about me in this case <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you have a baby it's all about baby no because and that's where I can speak from experience and uh-huh. and time and time again, being in the beauty industry, I've talked to so many clients and I've had so many women in my chair and they come in because they finally start thinking about themselves because we do get uh-huh. too caught up and it, you know, we, yes, once you bear a child and they bring, you bring them into the world. Yes, of course the world is about them, but if you're not good, you, you can't parent good. So you that is so true. Oh God, yeah. You have to take uh-huh. care of you first. When you're when you look on the airplane and you're flying, what do they say if, if, if shit hits the fan and plane's going down? And you get the the oxygen thing. It's not put it on your child first. It's put it on you so then you can take care of. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah. I I totally I love to preach that because it's so 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 important. Because if we're if we're always just living our lives for someone else and and not putting ourselves in that spectrum, we completely lose ourselves. And then how good are we? We're not living to our That's, best potential. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that goes through like everything in life, not just like mommy and baby, but also like relationship wise. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, like anything you really commit to, um, you kind of just got to make sure that you're good first. Yeah. That's right. And then you'll be, you'll be so, there's the potential of how you can impact those around you is endless. That's the best. Oh, point. I agree with that. Yeah. So let's change the direction here a little bit. I'm, yeah. I'm really interested because how old, how old, like how long have you been post-pregnancy now? So we are now, um, essentially if I was still going to be pregnant, I'd be 37 weeks and one day. Um, and so I wouldn't even have given birth yet, which is kind of crazy to think about. And so I gave birth 31 weeks and four days. So that kind of brings us at like a five week and a few days, almost six weeks postpartum. And how are you feeling? I actually feel really great. Um, just because, you know, what we went back to is practicing positivity, Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't see this as a challenge that would really break me. Um, instead, I really wanted it to be something that I would, you know, arise from and just really be proud of. Um, so my mentality on this was just always, poke, you know, focus on the positive. And so, sure, I've had my fair share of cries, just, you know, postpartum hormones the first couple weeks. Um, but I feel like breastfeeding and just really having little goals um, throughout this whole prematurity journey um, really kept me, like, it's keeping me really headstrong. Mm. Um, and just as far as like postpartum for myself, I'm not putting any pressure at all. So I haven't really thought of the comeback 
yet. I haven't really thought of the gym yet. I'm just kind of letting myself settle into this new role, um, settle into this kind of new postpartum body as well. Um, so there's pregnancy body, obviously, and then there's postpartum bodies. Those are like two very different things. Very. And yeah, I'm just kind of letting myself ease into the reality of what is. And I feel like once I'm ready, then I'll just, you know, potentially start back again. Um, but obviously not before I get cleared by doctors. So I think maybe that's making it easier for me not to focus on, okay, I, you know, I could start again. Why am I not working out yet? Or, you know, right now I'm still in that six-week range, so I haven't really put much focus on it. And I feel like that's what's doing me the best. Like, it's doing me so good that I'm not focusing on it. Good. Yay. Yeah. As, you know, I've thought of um, documenting, you know, like a postpartum journey, and I really thought to myself, like, as much as it can be inspiring, it can also be very destructive for most. And I kind of said, you know what, it's not about bouncing back how, you know, how quick postpartum you can go back to or what you could go back to. Um, I'm deciding not to even document it at all just because I want to ease off that pressure. And that's not really what I want to showcase in this whole journey. Um I'd really much rather focus on, like, the new role and how to adapt to that new role and what that means mm. um, rather than just trying to talk about bouncing back and what the body's going to feel like and what I'm going to look like, if that makes sense at all. Well, of course, but if you're not, if that's not going to be your focus and if you if you did decide to document, I would think that you would document um, everything that we talked about, like, the hardships, the the lessons, the taking no pressure, the pressure off of you, and um, you know, I think I think so many it would it would just take a lot of pressure of people just to hear that it's okay to be in that space and mm-hmm. not feel the pressure of just getting back into the gym. Like, um, there's there's so many women that feel that pressure to get that body back. And oh, totally. it's, it's totally absurd. It's totally absurd. I, I hadn't even, you know, started showing yet in my pregnancy that I already was feeling a little bit stressed about, well, you know, what is this, like, what's my body going to look like after, um, you know, what, what's going to happen? Um, will I still be able to do, you know, this and that? And I feel like when i kind of wrap my head around like oh my god they're putting so much pressure on yourself and you're not even showing yet like just let things happen type of thing um I think that just shows how much society like there's so much pressure well and it's that's comes in with perspective too so if we feel that pressure it's that's coming within ourselves if mm-hmm. you can find yourself to get into a space where you just don't give a flying fuck and this is your journey and that's all that matters. Um, because if, if you're going through it, I can guarantee you other people are too. It is just... A, I think that, yeah. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. we, feel, we can feel really alone in our feelings when we go through these ebbs and flows. But when we actually start sharing what we're feeling and what we're going through, people will be like, yeah, I, me too. Or I know somebody who, or I remember feeling that way. Um, oh my God, that's what I'm going through right now. Oh my God, it's so good to hear someone else going through it. 
and that's I think that's the best part about social media. It's just we're still in this like fucking we're we're spoiled. We're so spoiled in this culture for perfection. And yeah. what the what the fuck? What is perfect? I think perfect is everybody's uh, experience within their own. That's the beauty beauty part of it. No one no one's story is going to be the same. And that's good. That's 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 what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. like that. I think but somehow you, I still feel like all our stories are different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, if you can relate to going through something with someone, then just sharing that mm-hmm. and being able to get in that space just will make all of us grow in the end. Oh, my gosh. Well, mm-hmm. we... You know, I I didn't have to learn the hard way in everything that I went through in my life. Like, I did learn the hard way in many, many ways. But I also learned from other people's stories. Like, Mm -hmm. what other people went through. It's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Or you you resonate with it so much, it's stuck. It's banked in that subconscious so hard that it helps redefine and reevaluate and make you feel more confident that that's really on the same track that you're on already so when you hear it coming from someone else you're like oh it's like a relief like fuck I thought I was the only one (laughs) so true so true how many times you know like I just feel like sometimes you there's are people that you follow on your social media that for some reason you don't know them at all but you just feel attached to them Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes they just post something about I don't know a real you know, life subject, and then it just makes them even more personable, and it just stays with you. Even though you don't live it, you just get emotionally attached to what they've said, um, and it kind of just, you know, redefines and just, it gets you thinking and just changes perspective on things. Yeah, it makes us more open and vulnerable, and, you mm-hmm. know, I've noticed, like, with um, younger generations, that's what the um, internet and social platforms have given us is that freedom just to be ourselves and be authentic. Like um, my my son's 14 and my daughter's nine. And I mean, my daughter's still a bit young, but my son, the, the conversations and sex and drugs is so much easier because all the kids in his age are talking about it so freely. It is. I would think so. Yeah. Like it's just. It is like kids are more comfortable with their bodies because we know we don't have to look a certain way. You know, it just everybody's kind of talking about it. Yep, there's so many movements. You know, the body positivity thing. Um, just I just think yeah, social media as much as it's scary mm-hmm. for a lot of things, um, it's also really good at making us connect and just relate to one another and just be able to show vulnerability and then kind of bring openness as well so just as for your son you know having him be more open to things and more educated about things that maybe like even we wouldn't have been at that age oh no everything was like hush hush oh totally totally we don't want to be judged (laughs) no exactly (laughs) but like i mean for me, fuck it. I, I, I'm at a point in my life where, like, I don't give a shit anymore. I mean, I used to be so worried about judgment, I would lose sleep over it nightly. It was sad. It was really sad. And I just got to a point where I was just tired of feeling like that. So I started doing things that put myself out there, and that was scary. It's extremely 
I was just going to say, I, I feel like when I first started my Instagram, like my whole thing, like it made me feel good to post like, you know, great pictures and everything being amazing and beautiful. Um, and then the one time I decided to post something really, you know, real for me or just a situation at that time that I felt like was, oh my God, you know, my life is so hard right now and this is my reality. And the second I kind of posted a vulnerable post, I feel like that's when I got the most engagement and mm. just like, you know, oh, my following started increasing where I was just like, oh, wow, like the more you're real, I guess, and the more you show, the more people actually relate to it. Mm, yeah. And it's still very scary, but at the same time, very therapeutic for us to kind of talk about realness and have people relate to us for it. How did you feel when you when you posted that post? Was it like post and oh shit I can't believe I just did that oh god it's out there now okay turn away I can't look it's almost like even as I was writing it I was telling myself like okay Audrey you're not a blogger like what do you think you're doing no one wants to know like you're not that important um just kind of nervous even that I was like putting myself out there like that because I was like I feel like I really handle things well and I'm I look put together and I look like I'm in control and like me showing vulnerability might seem like I'm not in control. Um, and then you get, you post it, you get a rush of like, oh my God, I just did it. You got to tell yourself about like 45 times to not delete it. <laughs> um, within like the same minute, you're like, I'm going to delete this. This is stupid. Um, but then I think that, you know, the jitters go away. And as, like, either a message comes in or a like comes in or just a comment of, like, you're killing it or just, you know, oh, my God, I feel the same way. Um, I then feel like that's where the therapeutic part starts and you're like, oh, wow, I'm really, you know, engaging and showing vulnerability and just really being human, I think, is what's, like, the most important part is just being you, being human, being vulnerable enough, being strong enough to be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes we use these social platforms to help build that confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we need it, especially, you know, it usually comes if we're feeling, uh, if we come from a a sense of loneliness. um, Yep. Where, yeah, like, like I know me growing up, I grew up, we moved a lot, and I counted, like, I think nine elementary schools I went to. Wow. Yeah, we moved a lot. So, but... (sighs) You know, there. I was a lonely kid. I didn't have a lot of friends. It, they weren't. I mean, I always made friends, but they weren't long lasting because we right. Move again. Hard. Yeah, like it's really hard to stay mm-hmm. connected with other kids as a child for a long period of time when you're not with them all the time. Like from long distance relationships. Um, but there was there was just something in me that I would get so blown away with other people's experiences or my own and have these epiphanies I had the burning desire to share them like I just I wanted other people to feel the same way and Mm -hmm. that I think you know when I first started posting on Instagram it was like you know is this what okay is this what we're supposed to do like I'm looking at other people's accounts and I'm getting ideas I'm like okay what is Instagram what are we supposed to do on it and then I'm like, okay, well, this this is inspiring. Do this. And then as time went on, I'm like, this isn't really mean. And this is kind of draining me. And I won't really, 
I don't really want to be perfect all the time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The pressure of always having to be perfect all the time is, is yeah. hard. But, like, if that's, what, if that's what you're choosing to post, then it's kind of, a, you know, a self-inflicted pressure really yeah I guess it depends like what your like what your role is and what your goals Mm -hmm. are and what you want to promote you know but I I want to promote um like like real life stuff like what's happening the good the bad the ugly I don't know I, I don't get I don't like to post too much into my own upsets because I feel like it is um it's just enabling me a little bit because I know it's my problem, my issue. So I don't want to put that on anybody else or anybody to feel, you know, give me pity or sadness. Right. Sometimes I just need to sit on my own sadness. But I'm certainly not afraid to share the fact that I'm sad or I had been sad in the past. Yeah. It's, I think it's a fine line, you know, with having to be careful as well, like you said, is to not enable yourself into going into, like, a pity party and stuff, but rather see it as maybe more of, like, I want to educate people on what I'm going through, um, or just even I want to just share so that maybe someone, if I'm feeling it, someone else is feeling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I feel like you're right. It's so easy to go into that kind of circle of, well, like, this is what I'm going through, you know, take pity of me. And then it's just kind of getting attention, really. And sometimes just getting that attention feels good, to, like, temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, you know, used as, like, a Band-Aid almost. Like, oh, this post will get me some attention. Um, it feels good temporarily, but really I'm not getting at the core of my personal issues. So That's right. in your sadness. That's right is probably what is best and then once you feel like you want to expose um whatever that issue is then it could probably become a little bit more therapeutic um 100 percent, 100 but uh, yeah those those transitions can vary from person to person and you know sometimes mm-hmm. they hit the core really hard and they're just hard to deal with and we kind of stray away and go back to what we know that feels good and it's these temporary band-aids like you're talking about I yeah. totally agree with that. Um, but, you know, it's it's just as easy as, to like, like n- if you're not used to living um, with the perspective, like I said, with the, at the, light, the light at the end of the tunnel, it's just as easy to think negatively. So if you're so used to thinking na- negatively, it's really hard to turn that around, start thinking, um, you know, more about the bigger picture. More the impact, totally. I right? think it's just that you become wired that way at some point and you just go into that like negative reel all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's habits. We're, yeah. we're habitual creatures. I hope I use the right term. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> I feel like I got it. I feel like we're creatures <laughs> of habit, really. It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's just how we are. So if you program your brain to always think negatively and then, you know, go into this whole like everything is negative, then you stay in that and it's just it's Easy. the same with everything around us um, mm-hmm. whether it's a relationship you know a, a certain situation or even just at the gym again you know if you walk in the gym feeling like really negative and like everything's a, yeah, a hustle it's hard all the time odds are you'll probably have the shittiest workout and not be really you know productive at all not um, to your and potential it's just learning at least. to switch that yep totally Totally. So, you know, if in, in my experience and all that I've gone through, 
what I my motto comes to the more you practice something, the better you get at it. And that can go mm-hmm. either way. So if you get if you're good at talking sh- shit to yourself, you get real, you know, you get really good at it. Or if you do it all the time, you get good at it. Same thing with um, you know, turning things around and seeing the upside to things. Uh, no matter what the situation is, every time you practice that, you get better and better at it. These things, these things take a long time. You know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. But you, I couldn't agree more. You, you're, you're on the right track, Audrey, and I'm, I'm so proud oh, of you. Thank you. I am. Thank you. Because I know, like, the the how hard oh, my dog is trying to get in the. No, Nova, stay. I have the the latch on the door or, or like the yeah. door handle. It's like the it's, it's the bar and she jumps up and hits it and opens the doors. Oh, she's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> she's clever though. She like she knows. Oh yeah, but all the paint on the doors are they're all coming off. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I. The from going to the gym and being as fit as you were, uh, like I didn't, I didn't have this experience, so I, I didn't get serious until into training until after my babies. But um, I am so curious because I, I listen to so many stories, and you know, a lot of girls who in are in CrossFit or in getting ready, they want to get pregnant and they're thinking about it but they're afraid because they know their body's going to change so much and you know you work so hard where you uh-huh. before you get pregnant you work so hard to get there and then the the thought of throwing it all away can really um you know linger for some people in that in that mindset so. It really, in all honesty, was a very big struggle for me, um, was to kind of finally pull the trigger and, you know, tell my husband, like, okay, I feel ready. Um, it almost somewhat feels selfish in a sense where I was like, well, I just got to this place. Like, like you said, I've worked so hard for this. How am I going to just, like, give all of this up kind of thing? Um, and just I was really scared as well to kind of lose what defined me. So everybody kind of knew Audrey as, you know, oh, she does CrossFit, she's really fit, um, you know, fit, she does this. So I just feel like I was afraid of losing who I, you know, who I was. Well, you made it, um, you defined you, yourself as that. And at the end of exactly. the day, it's not And it's what truth. I even saw myself as. Yeah, yeah. And so to any, you know, really fit moms or anybody in the gym that's kind of feeling like, you know, I want to have kids, I know I want kids, um, but I'm really afraid of, like, pulling that trigger of, you know, know, let's do that sacrifice. Because let's face it, it's a huge sacrifice to, you know, allow space in your body um, for another human being and just to create life. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a huge sacrifice in the nine months that you're pregnant um, you know, everything from nutrition to how you treat your body, how, you know, your mental state is really, you think of kind of, you know, how will this affect baby? Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. I think it's a very big sacrifice and to pull that trigger can be really hard and scary. Um, and it's something that I could fully relate to just because I really was scared of losing myself and just also really afraid of losing 
everything I've worked so hard for. Um, but there is also something so empowering about pregnancy, on the other hand, where I almost saw my body as, like, I'm creating a human. Like, how? <laughs> it's just so amazing, you know? So it kind of just, you have to have some a, a moment in time where you feel like, okay, this is it, let's do it, and then just not look back and not think of, this is how I was before, and, you know, the old Audrey... Because really, your body's still there. You're still the same person. Um, you know, version 2.0, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're still ultimately, it's, you're still there. It's still you. You can still achieve greatness. Um, really, pregnancy shouldn't define what you become. No. No. And that's a lesson all on its own. When you say mm-hmm. that you define yourself as CrossFit Audrey. That's not who you were. That's just what you were doing at the time. Yeah. That is a very, very common thing for people to fall into when you do something for, hey, I went through the same thing. I totally did. Like, I was nothing but CrossFit in the first, like, three, four years, and I really committed uh, my life to just getting good at it, and, but when it, when I seen the life outside of CrossFit, I had to live it regardless. I noticed things were changing within the gym, like <coughs> people having babies. Um, mm-hmm. Like in our case, we didn't have a competitive team anymore. So um, our crew got kind of broken up, not in a bad way. It was just life kind of took a turn and it just life changed. and Priorities it, change. And, yeah. You know, it's not, in that moment in time, the gym is so important and it's such a priority that priority can change so easily as long as you have the right mindset and you're you know you're ready to welcome that change and that priority so for yourself if you're like you know what I need to step out of the gym a little bit I need to you know get a bit of distance between CrossFit and myself for a little bit I think like if you're in that right mindset and you're ready to you know go back from that priority I think you you realize like the gym is great, CrossFit is great, but it's not all that I am. No. I can be so much more. I can see so many other things. Yay! <laughs> right? Well, you are so much more, Audrey, and <laughs> I absolutely Thank adore you. you. I feel like I I know you be, just through your posts and stuff, and um, you know, I I personally enjoy the good, bad, and the ugly. I think it's very helpful. It's therapeutic. It's inspiring, and I know if I'm feeling that way, so many other people are. Like, they just are. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Audrey. You shared so much. Yes. This was so fun. It's so fun, right? Like, it's so easy. It really is. Yes. I would love to do this again with you. Um, Anytime. Yeah, maybe down the road and see how we'll get a recap on, you know, what you've been up to. It, yeah. And baby, baby Rose. Oh, love her name. Thank you. Yeah. And you said she's home now. So how long has she been home? She, yesterday, so only a oh, few hours. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just got super warm in the eyes. Wow. (laughs) We've graduated. We've graduated out of the NICU, so it's kind of like new 
new life here at home as well. Um, and it's something that I do want to document a little bit is just a little bit more of her journey through prematurity and ours as well. Do it. Um, yeah. And do so it. I'm just, you know, kind of getting my ideas together. Yeah. Um, just because I know I'm not the only one going through this and just becoming a mom is hard. You know, it's a lot of learning experiences. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and so again, all in the idea of, you know, being vulnerable and open, um, I really want to showcase what being a mom is. And for those people that are scared to bite the bullet and become a mom, mm-hmm. you know, just show that it can be really scary, but also really, you know, satisfying and just, you know, one of the best jobs in the world also. Well, I I always say this too. If something scares you, maybe you should do it. You should do it. Yep. Nothing grows from comfort zones. It's That's really something right. I believe in. And the scarier it is, the the more growth you'll probably get. Oh, I love it. So much content here. It's amazing. It's amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks, Audrey. I'm just going to no end problem. the recording here. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely check me out on Instagram at Box Talk podcast and I would love to hear and see some reviews. Um, Definitely DM me. I would love to hear also if you have any ideas on how I can entertain you. Also, do not forget to go wherever you're listening to this podcast and do a rate and review for me. Um, It does great things for the podcast, which means that it also will get more in front of people faces and eyes on their devices so that you know that I'm there Um, and yeah thank you so much I love you guys and we'll see you soon